May the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our light and our darkness. Amen. This is probably the most famous Bible verse passage in the entire world, right? We almost all can chapter and verse quote John 3.16. But what about the rest of the story? What about this story of Nicodemus coming in the night, asking these questions and wondering, and Jesus giving the answers in this kind of classically John's gospel way, complicated and complex, full of interwoven poetry and image that just kind of makes it all what huh at the end Nicodemus is a Pharisee and it's important that he's a Pharisee in John's gospel because John's gospel was written in about 90 AD about 20 years after the fall of the temple and the only reason most historians think that Judaism survived from that fall is because the Pharisees pulled them all together. And so, this is John's nod to the fact that these people have always been strong in saving the faith. Nicodemus, a Pharisee, comes in the darkness. He comes in the darkness to ask questions. I've always kind of appreciated that about Nicodemus. We don't generally come and ask questions in the light, right? We don't generally come and ask questions when we understand what's going on. I don't know that I have ever been having such a good day that I bopped into my pastor's office and said, hey, pastor, I've got a question for you because today is just so awesome and I really need to know this. Why is today awesome? It's never happened. My questions come in the darkness. They come on the bad days. They come on the days when I don't know if I'll make it to the office. I don't know if I'll make it that next step. My deepest questions and longings about about Jesus and how my faith works doesn't come on the bright days when everything is in the light and I can see it clearly. It comes when depression rages. It comes in the midst of grief. It comes in those times where I'm already struggling enough. My hunch is that I'm not unique in that matter. My experience as a pastor tells me I'm not unique in that matter. Every once in a while, I'll get someone who has a good idea or... um, who is excited about life and comes in to ask me some questions about their experience in life and God's place in it. But by and large, people come to talk to me when they're in crisis. We don't know the rest of Nicodemus' story. We don't know why he ends up here in the dark questioning Jesus. But we know that feeling, right? We can identify with this guy. And then he probably comes hoping for the easy answers, right? Oh, just just do this. Step one, step two, step three. I've watched enough 
toddler television programming to tell you that almost any problem you face can be solved in three simple steps in 30 minutes. 11, if you're an Australian dog. Bluey, nobody? Okay. Yes, there we go. Bluey, you should watch Bluey. It's actually not annoying. Well, then it's annoying. But the first time, it's pretty good. So anyhow, back on task. That's not what Jesus gives to Nicodemus. It is very rarely the answers I give as a pastor. And I can tell you that in my darkest moments, when I went looking for help, it was never the answer I got either. In this way, John's gospel is true to life. The answers are complicated and complex. They don't come just... Super straightforward. There are no three easy steps, despite what Agent Osmo might want to tell me. It's hard, and it's struggling. And so while it is helpful to hear the gospel in that nutshell of John 3.16, we lose the rest of the passage that way. It sounds so easy, right? God so loved the world, he gave his only son, so that whoever believed in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Which is great when you're in the light. That's a great answer when things are going good. It's fantastic when you can figure it out. But when you feel like you have eternal perishing, when you feel like death is all around you, when you feel like... You wish you would die because it would be easier than living? This is not a super helpful voice to come to mind. At least not without the rest of the story. Not without this understanding that it is enough to question. It is enough to wonder. It is enough to come into the darkness and to ask the questions. I don't know that Nicodemus understood the answers. In fact, we never really find out if Nicodemus gets it or not because Nicodemus comes onto the scene. He asks Jesus this question. Jesus answers the question. The scene fades to black at the end of this passage. and We move on to something else. And Nicodemus doesn't show up again until he is at the cross with Joseph of Arimathea taking down Christ's body. not until Nicodemus experiences the crucifixion that we see his faith in action in the Gospels. That's okay. We don't have to have it perfect. We don't have to have it just so. We live in a world where we feel like we need all the answers. What does tomorrow bring? That's a great question. Because I will tell you that The last two Fridays, I have got up with the plan to do a whole lot of not much. And they have not turned out that way. And that's okay. They've turned out really awesome. They have been filled with good things, mostly. But we don't have to have all the answers. Even the Pharisees, even the learned people of Jesus' church didn't have all the answers. We don't have to be able to quote scripture and verse 
day by day. Why? Because in this water, somehow, though we did not see it, even though we can only feel it, even though the wind blows and we don't know where it comes from or why, we know that the Spirit moves. We know that God's presence is with us. We know that in that darkness, Jesus is there. When we have questions, Jesus meets us in that place. I think part of why I don't go looking for answers in the light is because that's not where the answers are found. Jesus doesn't give all the light. It never says that the darkness goes away. Jesus dwells there in the darkness. So no matter how awful our life feels, no matter how hard today might be, no matter how full of winter blues you might have, because I can tell you that if it keeps this 10 degree weather crud up, we will all have them from sitting in our houses, right? God dwells in those places. God comes and moves us from darkness to light on Christmas Eve, right? We, we watched in that experience of our worship here. God comes in this season of epiphany, the star shining in the darkness for all the world to see. God meets Nicodemus in the darkness and answers his questions, even if the answers are complicated and complex. As we move through our annual meeting today, we will probably have questions. Some of them will be complicated, maybe. Some of them complex, hopefully not. But all of them promise us the same thing. Christ is with us. Jesus is here. So whether it's our personal life, our corporate life, our community life, we know when we question, Jesus answers. When it is dark, Jesus dwells. When it is light, Christ shines. And that's enough. That's enough to get us from day to day, from life to life. It will get us through the night with Nicodemus. It will get us through the crucifixion. And it will get us through this life to eternal life, even if we don't always understand it or can explain it. God's presence is in that place. God's presence is in the darkness. Amen.